On September the 11th, 2001, the firefighters of New York were faced with the biggest fires in American history. I was thinking that I don't know if we could put this fire out. I don't know how big it is, but I knew we had a lot of people there, a lot of people trapped in the building, trapped above, and we had to get there to try to save them, to try to get them out. Where did you trap that, sir? Okay, and there are people in the stairwell? And you said there's about 75 people? Okay, in the stairwell. All right, sir. I'm going to try to get you some help there as soon as possible. At no other time in history has a skyscraper fire presented fire chiefs with such complex decisions than those they were faced with on September the 11th, 2001. What is your last name, sir? Okay, what's the telephone number that you're calling from now? Don't know. Okay, it helps us. That's why I'm... Are there any injuries upstairs? Some water, a wet towel, a rag or something under the door there so to stop the smoke from coming in. Okay. Yeah, Hold on a second. Hold on, I'm going to connect, connect you to the fire department. Got on the fire truck and we made our way to the World Trade Center site. Uh, it was relatively traffic free until we got to the city hall area. The only traffic we encountered at that point was hundreds of people running away from the World Trade Center. So we had to weave our fire truck through them. We raced across the bridge and we're at the World Trade Center in, in no more than five minutes from Brooklyn. We have a number of floors on fire. It looked like the plane was aiming towards the building. As the firefighters arrived at the Twin Towers, they had no idea of the enormity of the task that lay ahead of them. We pull our fire truck right in front of the building. As we got off, pieces of the building started falling and hit our fire truck. So we retreated underneath the pedestrian bridge. We kept looking up and we didn't see anything coming down. We'd run to the fire truck, get some tools and run back. And we did that two or three times. We got the tools that we needed and we sprinted to the front of the building. The aircraft had punched a hole through eight floors of the building and flooded the tower with 10,000 gallons of jet fuel. The resulting fireball created massive fires that instantly raged out of control. The firefighters were facing unknown territory, the task of having more than 17,000 people to save from the inferno. You take your normal high-rise fire, but then you take the magnitude of the event that occurred that day was really out of the realm that I think any department anywhere was really prepared to handle. It certainly was overwhelming for us. The complexity of the challenge that we were faced with us was something we had never um, faced before. With little idea of the magnitude of the fire inside the North Tower, the New York firefighters had no option but to rely on their intuition. As we uh, arrived at the, uh, the front door, there was two badly burned people right at the front door. And I was faced with my first decision of the day. Do we stop and save these people or do we go upstairs and help a thousand people? And as they were about to proceed, the situation became even more dangerous. At 9.03 a.m., a second plane hit. In the space of a few minutes, they'd gone from fighting the biggest skyscraper fire in history 
to the two biggest fires in history. The demeanor in the lobby changed immediately, and uh, you could have heard a pin drop in the lobby. And uh, one of the firemen from Rescue One uh, looked up, he says, we may not live through today. And we all looked at him and we acknowledged his statement. He said, you know what, you're right. And we took the time to shake each other's hands and wish each other good luck and we hope we see you later. They had no way of knowing that their building was about to collapse too. We got down to about the 16th floor. This, everything stopped. No one was moving anymore. Everyone was just at a standstill. Because further down, when that south tower collapsed, when it hit the bottom, it mushroomed back up and all that debris broke into the North Tower and clogged up the stairwell somewhere below us. Many of the firemen had started to evacuate, but progress was painfully slow. The sheer volume of people trying to get out and debris from the South Tower were blocking the exit. Now our descent was very slow. We just keep going down the stairs. It's like water torture, just one step at a time, and you're, you're counting the floors as you're going down. By now, conditions in the lobby of the North Tower had forced Chief Hayden to leave the building. We couldn't stay there. It was untenable. Uh, and we, were out, we, we entered out onto West Street, um, and I was actually on West Street um, when the North Tower came down. I remember the shaking almost a, a split second before I heard it. You know, I, I felt it. I just dove for the stairway, and I, I covered my head. You couldn't run. You couldn't do anything. You, could, you, you couldn't even stand up. You, try, you keep, keep on trying to get to your feet. You could hear the sounds of metal twisting around you, and as the collapse got closer, it got louder and louder and louder. You're being thrown down, the wind is pushing you down, the wind is like a, like a hurricane, gale force winds. You couldn't run far enough or fast enough. Uh, those buildings came down 110 stories in less than 10 seconds. Uh, I actually crawled under a, a pumper and just, you know, just waited for it to end. We were still alive. I thought to myself, oh, I can't believe we just survived that. Minutes after the collapse of the North Tower, a handful of men found themselves trapped inside the rubble. It wasn't readily apparent what we did survive. You know, you're looking around and we're surrounded, you know, part of the stairway's intact, part of it isn't. We could see walls of twisted steel around us. And I poked my head out and um, I couldn't believe what I saw. It looked like New York had just been wiped off the map. 
Anything that wasn't steel or paper was pulverized. The biggest office buildings in the world, there was no desks, no phones, no computers, nothing discernible left in the rubble. After uh, Captain Jonas got out, he came over and uh, reported to me. Uh, it was one of the few bright moments, of the only bright moment of the day, uh, that to see his face, you know, and, and uh, see that somebody got out alive. One of the few came out of the collapse. 